following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Anyway, he was he was driving a motorcycle very tragically. He was not, not it wasn't a road accident. He was actually off road, and he something happened. He landed the wrong way and was killed on the motorcycle. Um, so he ended up in Memorial Hermann of the Woodlands. Um, he was DOA, but there was the rabbi who went who was there. Who was, he was his congregant called me, the question of the autopsy, he wanted, on the way to the hospital he said, you know, we want to prevent an autopsy from happening, and I helped him, I told him to get the police report, luckily, this is good to know, that the Woodlands, whatever county it is, it's not Harris County, they have no Montgomery. medical examiner. What? Montgomery County. Montgomery County has no medical examiner. So actually you don't, there is no, uh, so there is no, in Harris County, like, they need a job, so they're always trying to do an autopsy over there. No one's interested in doing the autopsies. It's good to know. Um, it's a good place to end up. <laughs> so, uh, so they actually they just had a justice of peace to clear him, to clear his cause of death. He took the police report, like no questions asked, like said no problem. Um, I spoke to justice of peace, like he was very happy not to do an autopsy, not to get an Then um, some things got a little interesting. So the parents called from Israel um, that they would lie. He's single, and. Not sure. It wasn't clear from the story that they they lost other people in the family, but they have no grandchildren, and they want a semen sample from his body. They want to what? procure some semen from his body for future use. What? So, uh, so the rabbi called me up in the paddock. What does he do? So, um, this an Orthodox kid, rabbi. The rabbi's Orthodox, yeah. Mm. I don't think that really was was religious at all. Um, what is congregation is this at in the Woodlands? No, that's not in the Woodlands. He was just driving his bike in the Woodlands. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, to make a long story short, so the, so the parents called, called the rabbi and they said, can you procure us a, some semen cause we, for future use? From the corpse. From the corpse, yes. Okay, so... Uh, it's a <laughs> Jeez, okay. So, it's the Jewish grandparents. Um, so okay, we're going to discuss if it's a sick world or not. That's a very good There's point. There's actually a, a significant amount published on this. Yeah, so I, well, we in, in secular or... So, yeah. so, the, so the truth is, so I had been at a conference previously where um, I, one of the speakers spoke about in Israel, it's not so uncommon, soldiers going off to war, they actually bank semen, single guys. Um, before That's they before. go off to war, yeah, while they're alive. <coughs> That's the choice because of the donor, correct? Yeah. Right. So they, you know, they bank semen, and it will be because of the right. um, possibility. Of the possibility they might die, and they want to. There was a case where this guy spoke about it. Um, I don't know if you think you're at that conference, the one in Toronto and yeah. Canada. So I think it was uh, Broid. You know, you know, uh, Broid. Oh, yeah, he spoke. Or, yeah. Uh, law professor in Emory. So he he spoke about this case. He where basically it was a a guy died in the army, and the parents wanted his girlfriend to be impregnated with his with his semen. And uh, I think in that case the rabbis did allow it. In that, that particular case, yeah, that was why. Made a choice. And that was where right the girl the girl was coming to ask the question. Halachically, is it okay? She wanted to do it. She was ready to do it. She wanted to do it. She was ready to do it. And 
I believe they allowed it in that case. But, but this is a whole different story. There's two questions here. So the, the main, the, there's two parts to the question. The question is, is it a sick world? That, that's a general question. We'll get there. Um, but the... Uh, Much discussion on that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Exactly. Um, Next week. <laughs> the, the, the other question, meaning that there's two parts to the, to the question here, which is, one is... Um, the issue of mutilating a body, as we'll talk about, or the issue of getting, procuring the sample, that's halachic question number one. So I don't think that's a question of secular law, but, but, but it is a halachic question. And then question number two is what afterwards can it be used, or will, how can it be used, should it be used, etc. What that's about viability? Questions. Is it viable? Do we know if it's that's a medical question, which I also get to that part. I did have that issue. So, so that was so, so, uh, I, w- I wasn't sure who to call. It's an interesting question. <laughs> I didn't know really know the answer. Uh, no, no, medically, yes. I did call the urologist. I ended up calling Larry Dr. Fish. Schultz, do you know? Yes, I'll tell you the story and we'll get okay. to that. Yeah, we actually, he was, he was about. Um, but but just to, first to just um, discuss the, hala- the at least the halakha questions involved before we get to the practical issues. So, um, so there's no, the three basic questions are involved as far as mutilating a body is what we call nivol hamet, which it means desecrating a body is prohibited according to most authorities, it's a biblical prohibition, um, desecrating a body. Um, then there's a concept called... Um, I'm sorry, Ron, we gave your banana over. Actually, I ate it right here. Oh, you we gave did? it to him, but thank you. Then there's an issue of, um, well, bitul kvura, which means there's an obligation, also biblical, um, which is to bury the human, the body. Human body needs to be buried. It's a, it's, it's a verse in the Torah. Um, and the question becomes, we we understand that to mean every part of the body um, at the time of death. That's why if you if you ever seen the pictures in Israel of Zaka, there's a volunteer organization where they, after terrorist bombings or other attacks, they go and literally pick up the pieces, they're scraping tissue off the wall, I mean, it's pretty gross. But the idea is because every part of the body should be buried with the body. Except when it can't be. It can't be, can't be, but, but, um... Right. And that, so, there's also, even if you're on the Hever Kadesha, you also know that if, say, they bring a body from the hospital and the person was bleeding and there's needles, so they also bring the sheets many times, they bury the body, because even the blood should be buried, any part of the body at the time of death should be buried with the body. Exactly what the sources for those details are. I don't so know. is an organism removed before death? Yeah, before death, most poskim say it doesn't doesn't eat. Yeah, doesn't eat kavura. I mean, there's still a custom if it's a, you know if it's a large organ, they they probably bury it. But that's just a, I don't think that's a requirement. It's just it's the way it's done. Um, the so it's a practical matter. It's a place where they store organs till they get a sufficient number, and they go bury them in a grave or what? Yeah, I mean, how they actually do it? I mean, organs removed. Lifetime yeah. or yeah. after death? Like you lose a limb. Yes, I'm saying it's not. It's a, it's a custom to bury it. I don't think it's a requirement. Oh, I understand, but how do they actually do it? They store up enough limbs and they go to well, grave. In Israel, I don't know. I mean, here I've dealt with people. You know, call me up. And they get, they get, many times the hospital won't give it to you. They're not allowed. But if they do give it to you, what happens to it? You go bury it. Yeah, this is just a total fiction. But okay, moving on. Yeah. Put on your mantle. Okay, so that's the second second issue. Would be the question of 
is does the semen have to be buried with him? Are you right. violating that law? I was concerned about that, but yeah. What's the third issue? <laughs> third issue is is um, something we discussed in the past, which is is a what's called the Isser Hanaa Minamet. Um, I'm not sure if that's I don't know if that's biblical or not, but which is we the halacha is you can't benefit from the human body in any which way um, from, a from a dead human body. Yes, <laughs> a lot of humans you can benefit. Um, from a corpse, yes. You can't benefit from a corpse. Um, so we actually discussed it, I don't know if you remember, like uh, 10, 15 years ago about body works. The question was, yeah. body works came to Houston, that exhibit which is coming back in a different form. Um, I thought you could use so a dead question. body to transport bread. Wasn't uh, there the entire no, decision about moving the body? No, that's on Shabbat. You're not allowed to move a body, so if you need to move it, you put the bread on it. So therefore it that's serves... for the purpose of the body. Meaning, if it's for the purpose of the corpse, of course you're allowed... But the, the allowed fiction, the legal fiction in that situation is you're using the body yes. as a transport device. Yeah, but I'm saying it's for the benefit of the body. I understand. I understand. But, it's, but the, the legal fiction yes. is that you're using it yes. as a bread transport device. Yes. Yes. Right? So yes. you are benefiting. I just said you can benefit for the for the corpse itself for the no, benefit but not, of the body, but, but in not the, your benefit. Then. In the legal, for in that the honor legal fiction, of the body. in yes. that legal fiction, it's I'm not right. for the body. Yes, it is because you have to. It's for the bread. It. No, I don't know. It's for the benefit of the body. Why do I want to carry the bread <laughs> to in order to get the body out of this room so it shouldn't be a dishonor to the body, etc. So it's for the benefit of the corpse. Then the why not just the carry corpse, the corpse? That's not a if it's for the benefit of the corpse, it's to carry the corpse on shops. That's why you're not a lawyer, Ron. That's why your position. Yeah. So, so you can't just move, okay. move the body because it's Next more convenient to be right. at this funeral. Exactly. Home. I'm not there yet. Exactly. Yeah, the body is You, you know. can't throw a slice of bread on them and, and move them. Well, Ron is saying you can. You so can. That's, a, that's, that's, a, the, that's the legal fiction. Okay. So this so, thing, uh, there are a couple of famous secular cases. One is the HeLa cells. H-E-L-A. HeLa cells. The second, hairy cell leukemia cells, that they belong to people in the first case to a dead person, the second case to a live person, who owns, who benefits from those cells, both of which are John's very important. Huh? John Hopkins, yeah. so far. Right, but I mean, in terms Henry of halacha, right. who right. would So, yeah, well, that's a different right question thing? of ownership. We'll get there, too. That's also very important. Okay. Who owns the body and who yeah, gets to decide who has the rights to the body. That's a separate issue. Here, the question is it's a prohibition to benefit from the body. So, Taking the semen out for future benefit could be problematic. But um, you're talking about corneal transplants are not proper to take mm, from a body? No, because that's to save a life, which the corneal... I'm just picking on legal yeah, so, fictions no, here. No, to save yeah. a life, and you're allowed to, to violate any law. Life, so what? we're still the same thing. No, it's different. It's to create, create a life and save a life is not different. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to violate the law to save a life. You can't violate the law. You cannot commit adultery to create a life. So any so you're talking about skin grafts, corneal transplants, all those things that come from dead bodies are okay. If it's to save a life, yes. I'm not even sure it's to save a life. Well, blind people are like they're dead. I understand. So burn patients to make them. So again, if the question is how you define saving life, but if it's for life-saving measures, that's then just like everything else in Torah. The life-saving overrides the law. So the law is to bury the dead. But to, or to not to benefit, but you're allowed to override that. To, to okay, so so those are three. But I'll just I'll leave you. This is the initially I didn't ask Dr. Steinberg, and I figured it, um, he'll probably know more. After I'll tell you I asked that day, 
Do you introduce the question with a lot of uh, compliments to begin with? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Of There's a tradition. You didn't have a paragraph of everybody. Yeah, have thank one. you again for the great week in Houston. We're still getting rave reviews on all your amazing show. That's not enough. Sorry. Next time it it's should the be da, da, da. the great, the great, no, respectable, see, honorable. This is the da, da, da. Ah. Big kahuna. Okay, so so uh, Anna's drinking Shiloh this week. Shiloh is a halachic question. I'll, I'll translate the what we call yeshivish terms. The English that the uh, that the American Post could have not dealt with and wanted to get your opinion. So again, in Israel, this seems to be much more common, as we mentioned. That I don't know the um, the general question of procuring sperm from uh, f for future use from live dead. So I wrote this Israeli fellow who was killed. RL stands for that's the Shivish term. Rahman Elatlan. May God have mercy. What's Maramakomos? Sources. You gotta use the lingo when you speak to it. It's like Maleda Antra, like. Yeah. yeah. So RL stands for Ahmad al Islam. May God have mercy. In a motorcycle accident in Houston. Um, the parents called from Israel that since he's single and never had children, they wanted some sperm. They want some sperm taken from the body. Beware of Igris Moshe, we'll get to that in a second. It says taking tissue out of uh, with a needle is not considered nivelames, means mutilating of a corpse. So, question number one Would the same apply here? Also, I noticed that in itself, a white person to bank the Zara. That's Zara means sperm, Hebrew for sperm. But here, we, we, here, where he never gave permission, who owns the Zara? So that's question number two, really. Who, like you mentioned, who owns, who has the rights to the sperm? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so the live person, he wants to give up his sperm, that's fine. But yeah, when you have a dead person, who owns that, who has the right to decide um, to use that sperm or not? Number two, is it a problem of, of being nana, as we said, deriving benefit from a mace, which means a dead body, a mate? translation made. Um, number three, do the parents have a right to use it and impregnate someone with that Zara, with that, with that sperm? Four, what are the ramifications of that sperm? Would it even be considered his child? Meaning, let's say they do go ahead and use it. Um, is it considered that, he's, did he fulfill the mitzvah of Peru Did he have children? Is it considered his child in that sense? He's no longer on this world. How does that work? As far as future, um, what we call in Allah, the term is yichus. Yichus means uh, genealogy. Now, does it, uh, what would the genealogy of this future child be? Number five, is it lift naive for us to be involved, assuming that there's a problem with all this? Um, so then there's an issue of, as rabbis, can we assist the family in making this happen? They're asking us to make it happen here in Israel. So do we have, can we assist them, or is that what we call placing a stumbling block in front of the blind, that we as rabbis can't be assisting them in this, in this quote-unquote sin? Facilitating this process, we ask this new. Whatever light you can shed on the onion on the topic would be appreciated. That was that was the email to him. Um, I didn't send this till Monday. If you know, this was really after the case happened. He was back in his the body's back in Israel. But um, okay, so so. Oh, the body's back in Israel. Well, now so um, by my, it went on Monday. We shipped it on Monday. So Sunday it's not. The question is, where's the sperm though? Yeah, on? right. Here's the body. Out. Okay, we'll so, find out. so those are the five or six questions that are relevant. Um, so we're going to begin with, I, I knew from previous cases um, where we where I dealt with autopsies here in Houston that there's a response from Moshe Feinstein uh, about 
uh, autopsies where he allows um, a biopsy to be taken. It's not considered mutilation. Taking a, using a needle to obtain a biopsy, is he does not consider a violation of, of mutilation of the body. Or, blood, fact, or blood sample of two. I think yeah, we had that yeah. discussion. All right, so, so well, that's actually, not how they're going to get the sperm. They don't even have to use a needle. They don't have to, or they don't they use can't. a needle. That's my understanding. Well, I'll I tell you what happened. You well, what are you saying body. they use? What do they use? I don't know if you can elect to ejaculate a dead body. That's what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't. I didn't say. I didn't even think of that. Um, but but I'll tell you what happens. I, I just gets a little Frankensteinish, you know, electrically. So the first thing was I, I called, um, <laughs> meaning so I realized that obviously the question is going to be practically can you get it out with a needle or not. So I called Dr. Fishman, uh, who's your local urologist, who's come to this class a few times, um, and he said so. The first he said first of all he's not sure the sperm is viable. Um, he asked me how long the person's dead. Is the person on life support? I said, you know, he's not on life support. It was DOA. And he's held the body at that point when I called him was around, was the death took place was around three, four hours before that. So he said he's not sure it's viable. He doesn't know. He doesn't think so, but he's not sure. So it might be a moot question. The second, but I really was trying to find out, is it possible to be done by needle or do they have to cut him open to to remove it. So he said he believes it's possible. He's never done it. But he said he's going to call Larry Lipschitz to, to get more input. Um, so he, this was this is around 6 p.m. in the evening. So he called me back like 10 minutes later that he couldn't get Larry Lipschitz, but he spoke to head of male reproductive technology, Baylor, whose name is Michael Coburn. Mike Coburn. No, he is? Yeah, I know. Right, He's so married yeah. to Avian Coburn, the Jewish? ophthalmologist. I know, Amy. Yeah. The Jewish? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. So he, so then he called me, Mike Coburn called me, and I gave him all the information I know. They were, like, very excited about this, because I don't think they've ever... <coughs> I think he, he said he did it once before, but I think they really wanted to do it. They were, like, very excited about the, <laughs> the case. So, um, he, like, so anyway... That was, as far as technicality, he said they can use a needle. Um, and he said that the sperm should be, can be viable, depending on the sample, up to 24 hours after death. Um, and he said they would have to process in Baylor. He wanted to know about uh, power of attorney. We went through all the legal stuff. Do the, do the parents have power of attorney? It was in Hebrew, of course, and whatever. It was, but uh, at the end, I don't think they cared. They were, like, so excited to do it. They just wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, they were, like, flying high. Um... So they, was he willing to actually do the biopsy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was willing. Coburn and Fishman yeah. actually went down together. Okay. They went to Woodlands. They were like in the car, you know, like on the way before <laughs> yeah. I even called them back and arranged. They were like all excited. Um, <laughs> that's why you're in the era. So, um, but so just so the halachic part is so. So Rosh finds it says like this. So we do the response. So the question is, is, is it relevant here? So he has the, the fascinating response in general about autopsy. So actually, it's interesting. Alan Winter's not here, but the case, one of the cases they had, an autopsy case, where they, they couldn't get the medical examiner to, to stop the autopsy, to not do the autopsy. So the, the instruction I got was to do it, to at least convince them, and I did, to do it in, in this manner, um, by only taking biopsies and not cutting open the body completely. 
and they agreed and actually the, I, I wanted, I didn't trust them, my experience with the medical examiner, so I didn't trust them, so actually I got, Alan went, was present during the autopsy in, in the medical examiner's office to make sure that they don't do anything they shouldn't be doing. So he, they allowed him to be in the room behind the curtain, but, but, uh, but just to make sure that they were only doing this process. So I was familiar with this response from before, so but it's a fascinating response in general because he talks about um, the concept of fanecha and, and going to medical school, how you deal with cadavers. So I'll just read it to you. I actually have copies of it. So it's it's actually it's, this is an abridged version because the, the response is actually four. Let's see how much Shmals he puts at the beginning of his question. Yeah, really. Uh, this is only to some of us. He doesn't put on. Oh, or no, Shmals. Friends of Dr. Tandler. So, <laughs> so the the title of the response was being in Eastern Etochmetim, the in on the topic of uh, autopsies, so surgery of the dead. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Kidelit in order to learn. How to heal, meaning uh, for medical students. Okay, it was written in Tavshin Chavdal, which is 1964. Okay, so this was written in 1964. Malas Kfod Chosni, the honor of my son-in-law Kibni, who is like my son, laying, <laughs> laying on the shmas. A Rav Agon, Rav Moshe Tendler who is a actually a bio, a biologist, professor biologist, and a rabbi. This, in 64, this is important because autopsies were not only an important part of medicine. I mean, for some of the older doctors, I remember as house staff and students, we were under constant pressure to get autopsies. Now, I mean, they're rarely done. Yeah. I mean, I have pathologist friends there. In medical school or in which? The licensing of the hospital depended Back part then. on the number of autopsies yeah. mm -hmm. that were done. I mean, the teaching hospitals specifically? Yes. Yeah. There's tremendous I pressure to that. get autopsies. Now, they're hardly right, ever but done. The medical exam is still very into it. Yeah, the medical exam is a different story. They have to, they, they require, or they have like rules. Like in certain cases, if you under 53 or 52, I think, in Harris County, you die in a house, you have to have an autopsy. Like so Tom. Meaning it's required. Things like that, which. Tom Wheeler, who's chief of pathology at Baylor, he tells me they do an autopsy, he gets every, all the residents, because they hardly ever see an autopsy. <laughs> and he's old enough, he's done a whole bunch himself, but now they This is more autopsy. really, honestly, exactly. this is, he's talking about even cadavers in medical school, which that's, of course, still in use. Right. So, so he has a problem with that, we're going to see. So, so by the way, the, what's, it, what's important to know is there's no difference between a Jewish body and a non-Jewish body, technically speaking, meaning uh, the, the prohibition to mutilate a body comes from the fact that we're all created in the image of God, so to speak. So that's every human being. It's not the same for benefiting from the body? applies the same too? I believe so, yes. Yes. Meaning it has to do with we're all created okay. with Salem and Kim, so therefore you don't just like, uh, you don't mutilate a human body, a human corpse, even though it doesn't have a soul anymore, etc. So that's irrelevant. There's no distinction between Jews and non-Jews. They're all prohi prohibited. So therefore, medical school, the fact that uh, well, you don't go to medical school in New York, Assume the cadaver is not Jewish, doesn't help you. As in some <laughs> other things in the school in New York, well, the truth is it's only Jews that donate their bodies to science. Um, probably. 
But, um, okay, so, so let's see what he says. He says, This concept of um, cutting open a corpse, to see the source of its illness, in order to, to, to study it, to learn from it. Who was the chief rabbi of Prague in the 1600s, late 1600s, um, and he is a famous response of his, and he, the, he, the bottom line is in his response, to prohibit autopsies, this is, a, this is something we talked about extensively, his principle is there, you can do an autopsy, you can't do an autopsy, it's prohibited, mutilating the dead, but if there's another ill person, let's say in the family, who has the same disease, and we need to know how to, we don't know what the disease is, and we need to study the disease in the corpse, in the dead person, in order to learn how to heal the other member of the family. Um, so then, of course, he permits it, because that's saving a life. So that's his, so that's his concept. He says, but you have, to, the principle is, and something we apply to many areas in medical ethics, Jewish medical ethics, which is, the chol has to be lifanecha. The other patient has to be in front of you. Meaning, you can't, it can't be theoretically healing. So meaning, we violate Shabbat to save a life. But, you know, if, I, if I'm doing cancer research, research in MD Anderson, I'm working in a lab, I can't go in and violate Shabbat to do the cancer research. Because even though there's people who need the cure today, but assumptions you're not going to discover the cure by violating Shabbat today, so even though technically you're saving lives by working in the lab. And if you're teaching lab. medical students with so, the cadaver? So that's, that's his point. It's the same concept. Right. You're not saving anyone today by teaching these medical students. Therefore, he's saying the, the allowance of the no Huda would not work in the case of medical students. Um, so, is, if I'm giving up an organ to surgery anyways, I have to sign all these papers that say that they can use my organ for medical research and not pay me. You don't have to. You can, I am an organ donor, but I have checked off specifically not for medical research. You can, it's your prerogative to donate for whatever you'd like. I'm not getting the organ back to bury anyways. It's in a jar someplace. Oh, if you're alive or dead? I'm alive. Oh, if you're alive, you can do whatever you want. I mean, not whatever you want. But, <laughs> but my organ, my organ is gone. I'm saving it yeah, to bury so with me when I die. Yeah, but that, but again, that doesn't have to be done. Research. Yeah, that's... If you that's gave it when you're alive, there's no issue. The only way we're talking about dead. That's the hair leukemia case where they took it and yeah. used it. Yeah, yeah, yeah live organs is not... in California spleen. Yeah. yeah, right. Hairy cell leukemia. So he says, so he goes on to say, fifth line, fifth line down, he says, the fact that it could come up, there's a, there's a patient that can use this information. We don't push aside, we don't violate, we don't violate a prohibition, in this case the prohibition of mutilating a body, for maybe there's going to be a patient who needs this information. If there's a patient right now who needs this information, then we'll violate the prohibition. We allow you to violate the prohibition, mutilating the body to save that patient. How do they justify if using cadavers in Israel? Um, medical students. Who said they do? I don't know. We don't necessarily observe halacha. And actually, there is a, I mean, I know even people here in medical school, you can get an allowment. They, they observe the cadavers as opposed to actually cutting them, which. That's what we spoke about by the... You're still getting benefit from the corpse. Oh, so that's what... So Blach says, your friend, your buddy, um, says <laughs> by the... That exhibit, what's it called? The body works. Body works. He's saying just seeing something is not called... Ben I mean, that's not called benefit. No, it's just observing something and getting... And 
that's not called a benefit. That's his, that's why you let it go to body works. That's why he permits going to body works. Although Tendler, getting the admission prohibits. fee is a benefit. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're here. benefiting. I'm saying you're not by going and observing right. the body. So, so saying you that's not, not considered. learn anything from it. No, you're allowed to learn. That's what I'm saying. Observing it and learning from it is fine. You can't do something to the body or. So you can, are you going to go this time? <laughs> well, <laughs> Tamler didn't. I wasn't like sort of Nazi-esque and etc. Where so I stand go. outside for a while. Um, what they come when they they're coming sooner? Yeah. Same. It's a different. Different. Type. They, yeah. they still different bodies. They still plasticizing these bodies all over the world. Yes, yeah, maybe this time we'll go after lunch. I stopped them last time. <laughs> it's a personal decision. So he says. Uh, That's. I thought I wouldn't like it. It was fabulous. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go together, Eddie. Uh, I'd love to. Um, so he goes on to say, "Vanimos." This is just a fascinating side parenthetical thing. That's a relevant to our case. But Moshe says, "Vanimos." He says, "I'm going to add on the note." You know, even if because of this concerning this possibility. Um, excuse me. Um, that would be possible, based on these numbers. Let's say that there might be a patient to push aside the prohibition. We wouldn't allow an autopsy, just for a medical student, a to learn how to heal. Meaning, he's learning uh, a medical student to learn for future healing. Why? Because he says, He says a fascinating principle here. It's very important for all Jewish medical ethics. He says, there's no obligation for me to learn how to heal people. Not to put down doctors or anything, but he's saying, there's an obligation. If you know how to heal, you have to save a life. And if I know how to do Heimlich, I then need to you know, save someone who's choking. If I know how to do CPR, so then I have a biblical obligation, as we discussed last week, to save a life. But I don't have, there's no obligation for me to go learn, take a course in CPR. That's not an obligation. It's an obligation for me, if I know CPR, to tell. It's no obligation for me to learn how to swim in order to save someone who's drowning. Okay, so he's saying the same thing with medical students. Don't tell us the Jewish mothers. But he says that there's no obligation for you to go to medical school. Yes, once you went to medical school and you know how to heal people, then you have a biblical uh, obligation to save lives with your skills. Well, not but, but, he says, there's no obligation. So he says, to, put, to violate this prohibition of mutilating bodies in order for you to learn how to heal, you have no obligations. A lot of uh, well, other people to will become doctors. Point on, but suppose <laughs> you have, you're a live patient. Medical students are always practicing on live people. And if that live person, this, this, whether they give you permission or not to have you mutilate their body for practice, like simply drawing blood. I need to practice drawing blood. Can I draw blood from you? As opposed to having someone already knows how to draw blood, draw blood on them. Is that permitted? If that Sorry. You, go, you start medical school as a lay person. You don't know how to do anything. Right. So you need to practice on somebody. So you go to this patient who needs blood drawing and say, do you mind yeah. if I, a stupid medical student, could draw blood on you? No problem with that person. Right. Give, have their own body mutilated by an idiot like me. While they're alive, yes. While they're alive, no yes. problem. Uh, there is a prohibition of mutilating. I think we mentioned last week we were discussing sports two weeks ago. Was that here? the sports, professional sports, so that there is a problem of allowing yourself even when you're alive to be mutilated, but if there's a purpose to it, then that's not considered mutilation. So, so for example, if I can have a tshuva, my mother works for the federal government, one of the beauties of working for the federal government is um, if you donate blood, you get the rest of the day off. So she would go every few weeks <laughs> to, to, to donate blood. 
Um, so Ramon Shafaitin discusses that in general, not the federal government, but but he discusses can you can you go donate blood to not saving life, but to get money for it. And he permits that. That's enough of a reason to allow your body to be mutilated, if you're going to make money off it. So, so you're allowed to mutilate your body while you're alive, but not when you're dead. No. It's for a purpose, well, you, for can, a you can't mutilate your body when you're dead, only because you can't. If you wanted to, meaning right. for Somebody us to mutilate the body, right. Even though it's for a purpose. Depends what the purpose is. Well, it's got meaning, again, if there's saving a life, that is a lot. Well, for a Even for monetary purpose, there, there are issues, which he discusses in, later in this response. We're not going to get into that. Let's say for life insurance, can you do an autopsy for a life insurance company? Satisfy life no, insurance proof. Just to, for future um, generations to learn. do permit that. He doesn't, or financing doesn't, but there are postkim. I, I actually dealt with that. I had a case with that also. Meaning there is an opinion that says for life insurance you can do an autopsy. Yeah, but the rationale, if I can practice drawing blood on you, and I'm going to mutilate you somewhat because I won't do it as well as somebody who knows how, why as a pathology resident can I mutilate a dead body to learn how to be a pathologist? You can't. I know, I'm saying why, but I'm allowed to draw blood from a live person. Because he's giving you permission. It's his body. So right. He's giving you permission. But there's a purpose in mutilating a dead body there, and that doesn't outweigh the fact right. that Right, that's what he's saying. He's saying if there would be an obligation to heal, for you to do this, then it would override the prohibition of mutilation. But since you have no obligation to study medicine, so that's, no, that then we don't. Yeah, well, why doesn't work when you have a live body? Because I'm telling you, live body, it's consent, right? I, it's my, in a certain you sense, can mutilate your I'm, own the, body. I'm the, uh, whatever it's called, of my body. So therefore, if I'm giving you permission and there's a purpose, that's not called mutilation. But we don't define that as mutilation. It's a, it's a good point. You may hear your point. But he doesn't agree. I mean, just to take it one step further, <laughs> we, go, yeah. we used to do these things to people without getting their permission. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, am I making that yeah, up? All the John Doe's. I mean, all the. Like, the no, no, I mean, we'd go with the patients and the professor would say, all right, let's, lie, all, yeah, let's all do a rectal exam on this demented person. Right. Half a dozen of us are going to do it. Nobody you went, had. You went to a, a unprofessional medical school. Yeah, right. <laughs> That never happened with you, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, so just this is just a, again a parenthetical point. We we'll get to the punchline in a second, but he, he goes through here. He proves his point that you have no obligation to study medicine. He's, he's interesting. He makes a point. He says, just like he says, you don't say someone has an obligation to make money in order he should be able to give charity. Let's say I'm poor. He says, yeah, you see, actually, that's his example. He says, you're a rabbi, studying Torah all day, so you don't have any money to give to charity. So do I have to go get a job in order to be able to fulfill the mitzvah of charity? No. If you have money, you have to give charity. If you don't have money, you don't have. So he's saying the same thing with medical school. You have no obligation to study medicine. You, you, you may not have a, a duty to study medicine up front, but once you hang your shingle and yeah. you tell the, oh. the world, come here, I'll heal you because I'm an educated physician, uh, one would think then that you have yes, told the, the key world word is I educated. have that, so, so now if there are new procedures, don't you have an obligation now to continue learning and, and to do... Mean if you have do, existing patients and you need to be up on the technology, right. so that's, so a, that's that an interesting point. point. Yes, you need to, to mutilate the body in order to Possibly. Uh, be able to continue having. Well, we do that all the time. So we, there, there are sinus workshops. We work on a skull. 
There are yeah. or, skull? orthodox rabbits. What do you mean? There are like a human skull. Right. With the skin or just, I mean, with just the, the skin. Cool. Where do you get those? Isis? I don't get them. There are orthodox doctors? Yes. How do they get there? That's a very good question. Their mother forced them. Yeah, but how did they study? Yeah, 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 it's a good question. So, like I said, some people, I, I believe, get permit. Like, um, like even for, I've seen for testing in Israel, at least medical school, they allow you when you to to just observe and and then take a test. Those are not the surgeons. Like numbers on the corpse. And That's the first. Yeah. Okay. So whatever. I, it's a good question. They, I don't know. They go to the pope and, and they get special dispensation. I'm not a doctor. The same thing. You, you're so not, good point. Well, you're not obligated to be a doctor. You are obligated to make a living. So if you make a living by becoming a doctor, if you if you, with these yeah, prohibitions, I'm saying, can I become a medical examiner? I need to make a living. Meaning, you, you you're not supposed to do a profession, which is going to cause you to violate laws. So if getting to that profession. Is but to say that being a doctor you know, is like violating laws is a little bit far fetched. A doctor will learn. He's what he's saying is the cutting up bodies is. Listen, that's a... It's sticky uh, wicket here. Yes, yeah. Yeah. listen, okay. this goes against everything body? Jewish <laughs> that we know. That's every true. Jewish mother in the world, this goes against every Jewish... I mean, this, this, no yes. Jewish short surgeons. <laughs> I guess he didn't run this by his wife before he wrote that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not his mother. Son's a doctor. Son-in-law was a biologist. Um, uh, he only cut up frogs. So, <laughs> so, anyway, so he, got, he proves this point here. Um, that that uh, you have an obligation. He says, plenty of other doctors around. You don't have to be, oh, not everyone has to be a doctor. Says, Just in the, you don't have in the next page. He says, um, We don't have this? He says, uh, he says, he says, um, He says, um, You don't have to study to be a doctor. In order to heal people. So too, mutilating corpses, kedeli slavin, in order to study, mizeh, ezerifuah, to learn some healing processes. Nami eina laodom shum chiv, there's no obligation, or meila aser, and therefore it's prohibited, mishum shunivalames, it's desecrating a, a corpse. So that's his opinion, okay? You no, like for your, somebody, for society's benefit, somebody has to be a doctor. Goyim. Yes, I'm saying, uh, yeah. Kind of like mm. a Shabbos Goyim. You can Shabbos make the argument doctor. that you only have Goyim doctors. You don't make the The medicine field won't be, never be where we are. You're recording this, right, Yossi? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so now we're going to skip on down to, so then he goes through um, four pages here of discussing if there's money, you know, for money, how does that work? When it comes out, it's prohibited. Again, there are opinions. So the last paragraph is what's relevant to us. So he says like this, yeah, um, if you turn to the back here, last paragraph, he says, It seems in my humble opinion, If you don't actually cut any organs, and you don't cut open his chest and torso, you want to just stick a needle into him, take out some type of liquid, to know from that biopsy, there are various things to learn, various things relevant to that illness. That's not considered mutilation. He says this is found all the time in our times. That we do this. We do that also to live people. We stick needles in live people and take out things. That doesn't mean we're mutilating them. He says, therefore, it's obvious to me that that would be permitted. So to, to take out a little blood, to, to check the blood, 
Similarly, similar type of tests, uh, removal of, of liquids, ayude needle through a needle. Ain't no give needle is not considered mutilation. The and therefore um, it would it would seem to be permissible. Afshalomatsasi even though I never found the precedent for this in Halacha, it seems to me clear, my humble opinion, that it's permissible. This that I heard needle, I don't know what he means, electric needle, or I think maybe he means that they stick a camera in inside the body. I'm not sure what, in 1964 what technology he's referring to. Um, you could stick it into the body of the dead person. You can see any disease inside. Whatever the doctors need to know. If this technology is true, he says, I just heard about it. It would seem to me not to prohibit that. That's not considered mutilation. By the way, today in, in many European countries, um, uh, eventually we'll come to the States. In, in England, they have it now, which is they do full body scans instead of autopsies. They stop doing autopsies in many, in many countries in Europe, and they actually just use a machine, you know, an MRI machine, whatever it is, some better technology, which gives 3D um, instead of autopsies, which, do which is something, of course, medical students too. Right, which is something that, of course, would be permitted halakhically, then, if, um, and hopefully eventually will come to the United States. You see the confusion amongst the doctors. What is that? It's a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Ramosh's response. So based on this, I thought to assume that it would be permitted, in this case, of procuring semen sample. So what I was uh, just to give you the story, the background, I, and I called, um, I was thinking who would try to call, in the United States, but I knew that no one would. That means you're permitted to take a sample, but you didn't, it doesn't deal with the reason you're taking a sample this time. Mm, yes, but he seems to be saying a principle is if it's a normal process that's done to live people, that's not considered mutilation. Now the question, obviously, yeah. the obvious question is going to be, it's a little ridiculous. Can we do surgery on live people? Okay, maybe you've got the permission to take the semen sample. Should you take the semen sample because you're giving your posthumous parenting without consent? Right, that's a different uh, question. Sticking a needle, sticking a needle in the scrotum is of itself not prohibited, but it doesn't mean you're permitted just because for any reason whatsoever. You may not stick a needle in the scrotum this morning. I'm telling you right now, I do not have my consent. Is this it's this only while you're alive? <laughs> At any point in time. So I gotta kill you first? Alive in transit. Is, is so consent, consent involves when you're dead as well? Yeah. So that's you do have power. That's what a will is. Right, right, but I th okay. That involves a con the consent over your body no, itself. It controls everything. In instances where you, can right? do a, where you can take a sample for an autopsy with a needle, do you have to bury the sample when you finish with it? He doesn't seem like it's a big thing. Yeah, in the case the I dealt with here in Houston in the past, a in the case I dealt with here in Houston, they, I think so they told me if it's possible to get the tissue sir, back, so but obviously an autopsy, the bed. lab's going to be keeping the <laughs> tissue. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so what they do... Kept it there. I mean, I didn't. I don't even think they asked for it. I mean, when you talk about such a small, so amount, they got it. No, no, they oh. we they got it, but we we didn't ask for it for burial. I mean, no, no. So no, they Coburn got, went and got it. Oh, sample. here. Okay, sorry. I'm switching so. cases. Up. So now, so I called. No, I'm telling, telling you which rabbis I spoke. So then, oh. so what happened was I I didn't know who to call. So I actually, there's a guy I'm friendly with in Queens, New York, who he runs Did an organization. You? Luxury. So he runs an organization. It's basically he has a. He's the head of the Chevra Kadisha in New York, and he has different organizations. So I figured if anyone had this question, he's probably he's the one who would have had this precedent. So I called him, and he uh, never had it before. 
but he he said um, quickly, I'm, I'm, I can get this rabbi. It's between Melchamayrvi. So he actually ended up calling Rav Moshe Feinstein's son. His name is Rav David Feinstein, who is a halachic disciple today, not like his father, not the level of his father, but he's he is one of the you know people go to in America. So. He said, call me back in 10 minutes. I'm trying to reach him and call him back in 10 minutes. I called him back in 10 minutes. So he said he did reach him. And he said exactly what I said, meaning if they have to cut him open, it's prohibited. If they can remove this, the semen sample with a needle, he, he didn't say to do it. He said he doesn't see any reason to prohibit it. But he says he, he never had a precedent like this. He's not aware of any precedent. So he said, really, as rabbis, we shouldn't be involved. But you don't have to fight the parents. You know, as if they're going to cut them up, and then he said you should fight the parents and convince talk them out of it and fight them. If it shows they're just going to use a needle, so then he said you don't have to fight the parents, but we shouldn't facilitate it happening. So he didn't address that the legal issue at all of the parents asking for the sample from a... Yeah. Well, there's no uh, halachic problem with that? <laughs> no, you you can never make you happy. If I say it's prohibited, you're not happy. If I say it's permitted... That's <laughs> exactly <never> right. <laughs> I agree with that. Well, I, 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 so that's what he said. Wait, so that's what the rabbi said. Um, yeah, that's what he said. So what were you saying, Eddie? Well, I was just saying that, that it, the, the question of can you get the needles worth of, of juice is, I think, the smaller part of the issue. Yes, I agree. I mean, the, the real issue is, well, is what is it for? Right, so, so again, so as a rabbi, we're where, dealing where? with the Fanach. Right now, the question for us was, should we allow this to be done? Is this considered mutilation of the body? Now, once it's done, could it be used in the future? How it's used, that's a whole different question, which has to be addressed, but that's not really... But, but, at this point, that wasn't our problem, because the parents were calling... Whose sperm is it? Once whose sperm is it anyway? Right, so I'm saying... Put in the, the point in is, the jar. At the point we were dealing with, three hours after death, What's going to happen down the If it's permitted to take the sample, one thing, one second. The way we were thinking, and I'll tell you my thinking was at the time, if it's permitted, it's not mutilation of the body. So we can allow it to happen. Now, how we deal with the future questions, that's something either the rabbis anyone when they get the sample back to Israel, let them deal with that. It's not my issue at the time. The issue is, at the time, is mutilation. That's the issue I was addressing. Was that the issue you were asked, though? People wanting to use... Yes, that's the only thing I was asked. It wasn't... They they just asked, get a sample. It was a command. They didn't ask any questions. The parents said, get us a sample. We want a sample before they... That's all they were asking. So my issue was, can we be involved to do that? So the my issue is not legal. Are they a legal right to even ask Halachically or legally? Halachically. Are they able so to that was my question. That? So, so are they able to oh, demand right, that? So you I did ask that question of Steinberg. Yes, because Steinberg did, but that was afterwards. Sperm, so no, that was when the emotions calmed down. This was a question of mutilation or not mutilation. That was the question that, I asked right that's the smaller question. Yeah, well, in your mind. You need to give Yossi and the rabbi and Queen's credit. They say, you know what? It's a better part of valor not to tangle with an angry, obsessed Jewish mother who's also grieving for herself. And Israeli. Not a good and idea. Israeli. And Israeli. Really <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So one thing, we'll get to the legal part. Okay, yeah. is it okay? Yeah. Yeah. You don't like using that? Using this analogy. There's a dead body. I feel like sticking needles and drawing blood 
and, and stuff that I'm just going to go uh, throw in the garbage. But I'm going to go ahead and stick a needle in this testicle. I'm going to stick a needle in this heart. I'm going to stick a needle in this liver. I'm going to stick a needle in this eye. Like a late and I'm going to throw night. away all the samples that I've just obtained. Right. Just, right. So is that okay? So well, based on... No, no. Well, apparently not. So what's that? No. Right. There has it's to be a valid reason. But there is well, could, and you're not giving us a valid reason here. Because, you're saying uh, you're washing so your So that's a good question. No, no, so one second. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there, there is a reason now. You have a new halachic question no, no, as to no who has reason. the rights to it. Who has, there, is there is a no reason. He wants to have children. Someone wants him to have children. That's the reason. She doesn't want her children. She wants for someone else. She wants to have grandchildren. If it's prohibited for her to have what she wants, then you're mutilating the body for absolutely no reason. So That's a good dodging point. the question. Yeah, right. We keep That's asking a good that question. Uh, if God, yes, I if agree. God wanted her to have hey, grandchildren, wouldn't he, wouldn't he have <laughs> had her, her spawn? And she should have had more than one child. Have, have so a grandchild for her? No, we, I mean, we, we don't. We don't. Have, uh, we don't make God's. She didn't light candles a couple shabbos. She, she didn't. She. We don't look at God's chesbono. I mean, we don't. We don't make his. Try to figure it out. But okay, one second. So let me get. So they are all very good points. Um, so we're not I agree. Okay, I understand. So I just want to point out. Yeah. Amir just had a very good point, which is Moshe Feinstein's <laughs> allowance here is for biopsy. The two. His his purpose here is to um, figure out the illness. Okay, that's right. where his allowance is here. Is that comparable to procuring a semen sample to have children? No. We don't know. So we're we're skeptical. So we want, it, we want so an answer here. Clearly no, I'm saying I'm just, throwing, I'm just, I'm just elaborating on Amir's point. Since you can't decide, you, you, you won't somebody. address the question of whether it's even permissible to use the sperm. I, I won't address the question. I don't know the answer. So no, no, but I can't the point address. is if it's not permissible right. to use right. the sperm yes. to it's appropriate, then it then truly is I agree 100%. Meaning, if I knew that for sure using it in the future would be problematic, and you're right, we had no right to do this, but, 100%. But it's the it's part of the same question. It's like, right? Hey, I hear you. It's, you're, it's you're a subset of question A. Yes. But right. if it's proven, so I was. This is the whole thing. Right, so yes, the, so yes. the bigger question here, which is response the bigger on it ourselves. The bigger yeah, question you know, that Yossi's raising right is: right you now. have something right before right. you. You don't know the answer to whether you can get permission or not, whether the permission is halakhic no, but valid, he has a valid point. But this question but is dependent on that one. I understand. No, but well, you what? don't know that and you how don't do you know deal, that at the time How do you, you deal with, you have an urgent matter before you where the rationale for resolving this issue is simply not known and you're not going to know it in time to solve the urgent right. issue. Why would you not know it? The, the uh, halakha is going to have an answer for the situation. You've not, analyzed not clearly. this. Obviously You've taken the time to analyze this question. Why not take the time to analyze whether because the but then it might become a moot point that the sperm will no, 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 no. be viable. So that's the point. That's his point. So then, then it becomes mutilation. What he's saying is, if we, if it's clear to us that you, you can't use the sperm in the future, then now that is mutilation. The by issue was moving the sperm. That's the his point. Was unknown. That's what I'm a saying. valid point. But the question probably isn't unknown. They're probably well, sure it's, it's, it's unknown to point. it's unknown to Yossi. It's not yeah, going to become so known. I should figure it out. Exactly. It's going to be figured out. That's what he's saying. Let's say, He's saying, let's meaning say, I can't just throw the ball down the line. Exactly. So, expression but yes, I need to decide when no, I'm deciding no, no, this no, question. No, no, That's the no, question. Wait, wait, which I accepted. He's giving me most no, of it. Take your situation where you cannot, you cannot right. find the answer 
in time to solve oh, the viability. That's a good point. Yeah. How do you deal you with the issue? You don't have a hypothetical here. You do have a hypothetical. Because I couldn't. No one in America would know the answer to this question. I can tell you right now. I would have to get Steinberg. I'm willing to bet that someone has. I'm willing to bet there is something published specifically on the idea of posthumous parenting. Yes, I did find it. I don't remember your name. Amir. Amir. So to Amir's point, there really is no dilemma. You've you've figured out that it's okay to take the sample. Maybe. But, Not according to okay. but but yeah. but you've got pretty good sense that it's okay to take the sample. The next question is what do I do with the sample once it's out? Once you've taken it out, put it on ice and preserved it for future use, you don't necessarily have to put it in the UPS box. Right, 100%. Israel. By the way, Baylor, uh, so, Dr. So Coburn was very about nervous about He said that, I'm not sure, we're going to process a bailer. First, he had to get permission from bailer, etc. But he said, we're going to, I don't know if we can ever send this overseas. He even said it. So it's a very, that is a valid point. So, so I don't know how that works. So time. Yes, no, but the, says, no, but the point is, I'm, no, you're missing his point. Amir is saying that I can't take out the sample until I figure out part B. Because if part B is saying you could never be used, then maybe it is considered mutilation, based but, on Ramosha's logic. But he permitted to take the sample if you can't figure out part B in time. I don't know. It maybe, needs to maybe, be figured maybe, out, and maybe. apparently it's already figured uh, out. As we would say yes. in law, assuming arguendo, no, but that's from life people. that it's okay, from life you people can go that, that step and then deal with the next step. I don't think so. No, not according to right. following the internal orthodox logic. Yeah, that's kind of, I don't want you run the internal orthodox logic. But the fact that they banked it, wait, no, but the fact shows that they consented for its use. That's very different. There is an Israeli Attorney General opinion from October 2003 on retrieval of sperm for posthumous parenting. The point is, in three minutes, you could find... Nothing happened in three minutes with a rabbi. Maybe a The Attorney General might not be on lock or anyway. Just like, the, just like the Werner von Braun problem, that builds rockets, my job is to get them up. Where they come down, not my department. So just to show you the amazingness of Dr. Steinberg, that's, that's appreciate Tom Yes, exactly. Now so I'm learning Chinese, says Werner von Braun. This is a plug for Dr. Steinberg. Dr. Steinberg, when he was here, met with me. I don't know if he did with you too, but he is he has is a fixed 15-year work that he just completed. Um, nothing to do with encyclopedia, his own new work, privately done, um, where he is writing a shulchan aruch on medicine. His own shulchan aruch. Parents' wishes like aren't uh, allowed under the attorney, uh, Israeli Attorney General. Doesn't. It doesn't solve the halakhic issue, though. Uh, it does. Why well, would halakha, a legal issue. Why would halakha go against the Attorney General in Israel? Like that never happens? No, within your country, you're not allowed to disregard the laws of the country. And here I mean, you're, it, you're an American now. No, these are Israeli parents, and they want the sperm to go to Israel. So they have to abide by the country law. Can you send me a link to that, please? Amir, can you send me a link? So therefore, it's mutilation. They, they, it's muktzah. Okay, this so whole thing is so your problem is you didn't call Amir. Come on. <laughs> he charges by the hour. That's what he called. You're going to hell because you violated the wrong. No, no, it's not him. It's it's the surgeons. They're all going to hell. They're all. Oh, well, we anyway, knew that already. Was, I already going again. To this guy wasn't married. <laughs> this guy was single. Yes, he was. He actually was married legally on Does paper to a, another Israeli woman. It's a long story, but he was married. What's your email? I don't have it in here for some reason. Ygrossman at j-ethics.org.
Why? Uh, well, what about this woman? He was married. Did anyone to, ask to her? Meeting on paper, just for green card. He also had a That's girlfriend, illegal. and it was actually a little troubling because they, the girl, the the woman he's married to lives in New York. Yeah. She came and she didn't. She wanted to stay in his apartment, and she didn't realize he has a girlfriend. So it was a little. But well, he had a girlfriend. Where's the wife have first call on the body? <laughs> Did any the of wife them want to She's not. It's just a wife well, on paper. That's a good but she's legally his wife. Wouldn't she have first call on the body anyway? She's next to kid. I don't know if she was asked even. I mean, whatever. Like the parents. We stepped in at this time. We needed her authorization. Okay. I don't deal with my legal issues. Are not my problem. It is. Halacha is legal. Here's another issue. Yes. Brought up. Uh, if, if he's married, then his wife has... Right, yeah, exactly. that's, right. that's what they're saying. But, yeah. but again, he's, he was legally married. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, halakhically, I don't know if we'd read that. His wife probably didn't want to tangle his mother. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't know if halakhically that would have an effect. But she's gonna again, I'm not an attorney. She's going to sue for the sperm. Rabbi. I'm telling you. She's simple rabbi. with the sperm. I don't get paid enough to answer all these questions. <laughs> Beyond my pay scale. So uh, the point is like this. So Steinberg, just to get a little plug here, because he is looking for a sponsor to publish his... It's a seven-volume work so far. It's um, He basically wrote a Shulchan Amini Code of Jewish Law and all of <laughs> medicine and Jewish law, um, where he takes all the opinions. He decides on top is the Shulchan Aruch That's the top paragraph here. Um, this is unpublished, um, by the way. And, he, and then on the bottom, he gives you the sources and then the, all the other opinions that might disagree with what he ruled on top. But he's basically picking the opinion which he believes to be correct and then he shows you all the other opinions and the sources and they're really amazing work it's uh, like I said I think it's six or seven volumes it's going to cost around fifty thousand dollars to publish he is looking for a sponsor if anyone would like to sponsor so I sent when I sent him this email um, ask for money <laughs> I'll send you the answer but give me send wire me fifty thousand dollars to a bank account in Nigeria so uh, he he's this was he me like an hour later his response was, he sent me, he said, it's in my new book, I have a chapter in this, I have laws, everything is spelled out right here. He dealt with this uh, at length, um, and he, it's not clear what the answer is to me, but <laughs> let's read it. So, so we're on side one here, he says like this, he says, uh, the top is his, is, this is all Steinberg speaking, so he says like this, Already it's a different case. Yeah. So he says, the first case he starts with, if the, if the husband, it's the first of all, it's a married case, guys marry and there's consent if the, the husband agreed prior to death to take for a semen sample after death in order to have his his widow have children or there's another um, obvious I don't know sign or something clear um, Sign that he would have agreed to this action of procuring semen after death. Meikra din, he says, from these, by the letter of the law, there is place to make allowances for this action. He says, what's this, what's the reasoning that the Torah um, gave a lot of credence to a person's will? Um, for him to have a remembrance left of him, his legacy left in the world. The, the reasoning, the concept behind it is, he says, we see in Yibum. Yeah. Yibum is if a, someone dies childless, the Torah says, the brother, the younger brother of the person who died childless should marry the widow of his older brother, even though there's prohibitions there, technically marrying your sister-in-law. Um, but the Torah is actually becomes a mitzvah to do that. 
it's not it's obligatory you know, there's of course there's a way out a loophole to get out of it but um, there is a mitzvah to do that in order to perpetuate the legacy of the brother who died without children okay so he says you see this concept how important it is that we of having someone leave a legacy the Torah even allowed you to marry your sister um, so that's his source now by the way this where he's quoting this from and actually I just this is a journal a medical journal called Asya written in Hebrew there's around 50 of these published I don't think it's published anymore. Luckily, Baruch Brody, uh, I never had these. Baruch Brody's making Aliyah in the summer, so he actually allowed me to uh, into his library and sold me at a high price. I have about a half a dozen uh, English copies that they, they used so, to right, publish they in English. Too, so, so he sold me all his Asias, his previous Asias, and have a few, like, literally like um, He doesn't need them in ago. Israel, or he's going to buy them again in Israel? I think he's retiring from his medical. He's going to study so. regular Torah. He's done. Right, so he told me he's finished with medical ethics. Um, so, so it happens to be uh, he. This is who he's quoting here. This one of these journals. There's someone named Zalman Achami Goldberg, the big one of the biggest rabbis currently alive in Israel, and he. This was written in 1999. This this article in this journal, and amongst many other questions, the question I'll just read it to you quickly. It's very small. It says Sheila, question posed to the rabbi was, Hey, Mutur Lishov Zera. Is it permitted to remove sperm bikisashkim from the from the from the scrotum shalgever mate of a dead person? Almenat in order for with the stipulation to impregnate his wife to have to to continue his legacy in the world. That was the question put to the rabbi. So he says, um Chuva, the answer he says is again nineteen ninety nine, without consent of the dead. It's obviously prohibited, he says. If you have no consent, he says it's prohibited. Ah, um, he says, but in Kayam, Kayamet has Kamama for if there's this, um, explicit consent, oh, he says, oh, feel umdan barur, or some obvious uh, sign, Shazeritsan, that this was his will, then there's no prohibition. I don't know what that means legally. Too low. I, I don't know. So he's, he's just saying. Having unprotected intercourse. No, it's clear that he expressed his will to have to have children, and he, they were trying to get pregnant. And he said, you know, even if I die, there's nothing explicit, but it's clear to the family that he would want this to happen. Whatever the case. Okay, I speak to an Ephesus. Nitzayen. Um, so he says. He says. Um, he says in that case, where there's explicit permission, or it's clear to us, then there's no prohibition. It's a yam, he says, I'll note, because uh, according to Allah, you need to have a reason to prohibit something. In a situation like this, um, the natural, I'm not sure what he means like this, the natural situation permits it. I'm not sure what he means by that. Impregnating a, a woman is permitted. That maybe that's what you're referring to. Yeah, I don't know. We no God. It's also relevant. says we. I'll just apply the principle in general. You see, the philosophy of the Torah is that we very much uh, give credence to the wishes of a dead person. Um, especially when it comes to his legacy in the world. As as we can learn from the concept of Yibum, this levirate marriage in the Torah. Okay, that's the whole thing. He doesn't explain much. But he's saying you need to have consent. 
And in this case, he's assuming the sperm is the woman being impregnated is his wife, is his widow. Okay, so it's very different in our case. Uh-huh. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so let's continue. So Steinberg goes on to say on top. But he says, ideally, Steinberg goes on to say, um, we shall not permit this. Except in special, uh, I'm not sure what the word charig means in Hebrew, I don't know Hebrew well enough. Charigim means a very... Particular uh, situation. Particular cases, yeah. Important cases. There's an interesting thing he puts in here, which he says you need you should wait. After you wait a while, which is strange because the sperm is not viable if you're going to wait. From the death of the donor. Why? He says, says it has to be done with that from emotion, which, like in this case, it was. It's clear. Their son died suddenly, motorcycle accident, and there was obviously a lot of emotion. So they're making decision out of emotion, but not out of logic, not from a logical place. So he says you need to wait till things calm down to make a decision. Which problem is by waiting? I think then it's going to be a moot question. So in, in when you're dealing with sperm, any he says, and it goes by the judgment of the of the rabbi bechol mikra legufo in every situation. Onto itself. Yeah. But he may say it's okay to do the biopsy if you take a needle specimen. No, but that's what he's referring wait. to. He's referring to can we remove the sperm? He's saying don't do so it out of emotion, you need to wait and let things calm down before so you make it. So he's not addressing it's right. okay. It's so, <laughs> a good point. What was your point? You can't, wait. You can't wait because it's only right. viable. Right, so is it okay then to do the needle specimen while you wait to solve the Allah issue? It sounds like he would be saying, don't. He's not, well, I'm not he's sure. really, listen, yeah, between me and you, he's permitted, he's saying. That's what I'm reading. Just don't, you know, as, as in this case, listen, obviously for me it wasn't as emotional. I felt for the parents, but for the parents it was a very emotional decision. They might be saying, oh, well, are you crazy? Like, what do we do with this sperm? Is it a good thing, even emotionally, for parents to have sperm in a bank? But that, that the could be I mean, it's, it's a lot of other issues, factors. You could read it to Steinberg saying you have to wait to decide what to do with the sperm. I know this is a No, He's not discussing even what to do with the sperm at this point. Again, he's discussing the issue of can you remove it But that's legally. I mean, he's smart enough to know the sperm's not going to be viable for a week. Right, so yes, I didn't address I just got his answer on Monday. How did you get the call? Well, the rabbi who, he was a congregant of this, the fellow who died was a congregant of, of Rabbi Houston, who many he times because of a no medical ethics, so they'll call me on these Yossi's situations. Yossi's noted for so not. The correct response is, call the urologist. <laughs> no, that was just to find out if you a needle, I wasn't sure medically can you pull out sperm with a needle or do they have to cut him cut him open. That was the question for me. Uh, practically. That's good. So and that was relevant to Allah. The other rabbi should call the urologist, leave you out of this, which is what he said. He said... He wanted cover. And Yossi's provided... No, no, he didn't know the... Uh, he, he thought I might know the answer. I might be able to help him. Plus, he was involved with the practicalities. He was there in the hospital, dealing with the parents and notifying everyone, etc., and the girlfriend. I mean, he just needed... So I took care of this part for him. He didn't want to deal with it. Um, it's called getting a consult. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so. Okay, so we're out of time, but just to end off here because I don't want to get back to stop next week unless there's new developments. But the but the point is that if you turn the page, um, so he goes through a bunch of stipulations in, in the next halacha. Meaning again, the the fine the fine print here is all the explanations and the different opinions. And by the way, he says very clearly, Rabbi Yashiv, 
um, there's another guy in Israel, Zilberstein, whose father-in-law is Ramayash. He says he asked his father-in-law this question, and his father-in-law said, even though it might not be mutilation, it's a disgusting thing, and you shouldn't do it, etc. Um, so he that? prohibited it. It's a sick world. That, yes, he's saying like you said, meaning, like, what the heck are you doing? So that doesn't so again, we don't take question. semen out of uh, you know people's scrotums. It's not a, <laughs> not a normal thing. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, meaning, even if you want to say, maybe it's not mutilation, maybe it is, he says it's a moot question because you shouldn't do it. That was his point. But but that was but Steinberg obviously doesn't agree with him. He doesn't he brings him in the bottom, not on the top. Okay, so Yudbez, um, the next halacha, if you turn in the next halacha in his Shokhanaruch, he says here like this, he says the stipulations to allow for allowance of removal of semen after death, Shaladam Haim. Number one, he says, Hazera miyuad lafriat amanato The sperm has to be specifically for the purpose of procreation to his widow that he was married to. Befrat and specifically mahorim maskimim if the parents agree. So he seems to be saying you also need parent agreement. I'm not sure why he's saying that. But you need to be married. Yes, specifically the sperm should be meaning that should be just for weird, adult but, anyone. But not the grandparents. Oh, the, the parents being the parents of yes. the dead person. Is it the parents of the dead person, or is it the parents of the uh, procreated child that's coming up? Uh, it's a good question. I think he means the parents of the, the of the dead. I'm assuming. Of what the are the parents of the but he's saying, but it has to be specifically for his widow. Haheter is number two. Haheter is a mugbal. This allowance is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Accepted. No, Mubala, oh. like, uh, limited to limited, yes, uh. limited, like from the word gvul, mm -hmm. boundary. Rakle mikrim only in situations shayish hamet terem terem that the person who died immediately zachal azar shalkayam akolshu that his sperm is viable. Avol im kvar yeshli is no sorry. Hamet terem zacha azar shalkayam akolshu avol im kvar yeshli yeladim. If this person already has children, this is only if he needs to leave a legacy in the world. If he already has previous children, then we do not permit um, using his semen to, uh, to, to just have more that kids. Because it's not clear that situation would if he have consented. So again, wow. it's a consent issue. He's saying wow. when a person banks their sperm, even when they're alive, when they're alive dead, or in the dead, he's saying they gave consent. You have to know that the consent, if the consent was because he wanted to leave a legacy, so he already has previous children, so then he's saying then you have no right to, to just have more children just because the wife wants more kids. Number two, and by the way, there's, there's legal precedents in America where I read about where, not dead people, but marry, uh, after divorce, where the woman used uh, ex-husband's sperm and he sued, he didn't want to have kids. She's using his sperm to have kids. Because they both own the sperm together, they banked it when they were married and it's called Jane the in the divorce. Watch well. the TV show. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm not kidding. Number three. <laughs> That's the premise. Number of the whole three. Ain zermi mate ravak. We don't permit taking sperm out of a single corpse, meaning a corpse who was single. <laughs> Meaning non-married, lefi drishat horav, based on the parents' request. Okay. That's what he's saying. No, we don't because we can't. We do not know yet whether the his fake wife would want to have children with him. That's irrelevant. 
It's not irrelevant. Well, not the, first one it the first one we says it is relevant. No, halacha doesn't look at a fake wife as a legal and paper wife. But she's you don't a legal know. Wife. One second. You don't know what goes on in this country, especially in Texas. There, there's literally. I mean, this, not a how much? But how many people are married just on paper? There's thousands of them. Is it a legal? If Trump marriage? would only know, he says. Uh, this is all if he gave explicit consent during his lifetime. Oh, as we mentioned, has to be a clear, uh, cl- clarity to us that he wanted this during, that this was his will. Number five is You have to wait a little after death in order that it shouldn't come from emotion. So it's moved, so that's it. They shouldn't have touched him. No. So you know what it means is when they go back to Israel, they definitely don't want to ask Rabbi Steinberg for his. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethics Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom.